Welcome to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. Social media is hard, but trying to do social media as somebody else is impossible. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Do you hate seeing yourself on camera? Are you unsure of what platform to be on and how often to show up there? Well, join the club. On every episode, you'll hear a real life person talk about their successes and struggles on social media, how they overcame their own insecurities, and they'll give practical insight for you to apply today. So if you're ready, let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Social Media Mindset. And today is a special day because when you get to be somebody's first, it's, it's a moment you never forget, <laughs> right? And and today, I get to be the, the guy that gives James his first opportunity as a guest on a podcast. And so, guys, get ready. We are going to talk all things content. We're going to talk about YouTube. We're going to talk about gear and equipment. And who knows what else we might discuss on this episode James Lewis, my man, welcome to the show, bro. Thank you so much, Kyle, for having me. I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Hopefully, this is the first of many Come on. guest appearances. So I, I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Bro, so real quick, give give everybody a rundown of who is who who is James. That's a good question, man. It's a loaded question. I'm not sure how much time you've got here, but um but I would say I'm a guy that that loves to enjoy life uh, at the very basis of it. And I, I take that approach with different things. So with, with things that I do on a daily basis, I love just spending time with family and, and just enjoying that, just kind of the small things, the little things in life that really count. But when it comes to my purpose and what I do for work, I love content. And I just love the process of it from idea to having a, a edited video and you get to share that with people. Um, but really what I, when I was 21, I kind of had a moment, a realization of these are the things that I really want to focus on in life. And if I do these things, then I think at the end of my days, I'll be satisfied. And those three categories are photography and videography, yeah, real estate, funny enough, and online business. Those three categories, I want to spend, invest my time in those three things. If I do that, then I think I will live that enjoyed life that I'm really striving for. Yeah, bro. I I love I love that. And uh I mean, I've I've loved getting connected to you and getting to know you and and the the expertise that that you have in the space. Because the the other day I was at an event that that you're a part of. And man, you're lugging this massive camera around, <laughs> and uh, and it's it's no wonder that you know you got you got good muscles on you because and that that thing's that thing's no joke. And so you you love you 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 love equipment and gear. You you've got an incredible setup right now for this podcast. I can see, and, and so talk talk a little bit about like as a beginner. You know, you obviously are not that, but for the people that listen to this, they are. And most of the people that that I work with, they get psyched out with really feeling like, you mean this is all I need? All I need is is this phone, 
and I don't, I don't need a bunch of stuff. And so I'd, I'd love to just talk for a couple minutes about like, what, what would be the, the starter kit that you would recommend to people as they're getting invested into content. And, uh, and then we'll even go to like, we really want to take it to the next level. What's that? What's that pinnacle level that, that we can aspire to get to? So where, where should we start with, with the right equipment when it comes to creating content? I love that. And I, I totally agree with you because a lot of folks do get caught up with what type of equipment they need. And you're 100% right when all you need is, is your phone. That's it. Um, at the very minimum basic level, the phones and the, the cameras that are on these phones is all that you really need, especially with some of the ways that content has changed. Yeah. It's not so much of a focus on this highly produced content. And sometimes the raw, just kind of point and shoot with your camera is really what resonates with yeah. the audience and with the viewer. So I would say if you have a smartphone, if you have an iPhone or Android phone that's been made in the last five years, I would say you have enough to create content, period, base level. So for anybody who's thinking they need to invest a camera before they hit record, I just put that to bed for you. Just grab your cell Good. phone and, and start start recording. If you want to take your, your equipment to the next level, one of the cameras that I, I, I recommend a lot is the Sony ZV-E10. Mm, the Sony okay. ZV-E10. It's a mirrorless camera. Um, it's under that sub $1,000 price point. And it's, it's pretty typical if you want to upgrade your, your camera, because anything less expensive than that, then you're, you're probably going to be better off with your smartphone. Uh, what I love about this camera, it's small, it's easy to use. It's really not too intimidating to learn again okay. for those who are beginners, but it allows you to do some things that your smartphone wouldn't allow you to do. And one of those things is to record really long form content. Um, so if you're recording webinars or presentations, maybe keynote speeches, then the camera, the Sony EV, Sony ZV-E10 is going to allow you to do that much better than your smartphone. Um, even though your smart smartphone can probably do it, but it's going to take up a whole lot of, a lot of space and yeah. you're not able to record uh, as much. Also with that camera, you can... Similar to what I what I have set up here, I actually have a version of the, it's kind of the big brother of the Sony ZV-E10, but you can connect it to your, your computer as a webcam. Oh, and that's why okay. I have this look right here. It looks like you probably have a setup similar to that. Man, too. so dude, here, so painful story. I, <laughs> so I, I use the Sony ZV-1. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so right yep. now I'm on a 4K Nexigo webcam. Okay, but it. I was streaming with my Sony ZV-1, and dude, I, I recorded a podcast the other day, left in a hurry, left it on, <laughs> and so it was on for like nine hours, <laughs> and now when I try to stream with it, it like glitches. Got it. And okay. so wow. I'm going to have to like take it into a shop or something and, and figure it out because I love it, but mm -hmm. I may... I may need to make my next purchase the the Sony ZV E10, and and let that be like so. So let's let's talk about this real quick because yep. I have the Sony ZV1. Yep. What what are the significant differences in like why like would you say I mean you you obviously said the ZV E10, so why do you prefer that one over 
over this one, the Sony ZV-1? There's a couple technical things uh, that make the two cameras different. Uh, okay. The number one is going to be the sensor size. So the Sony ZV-1, I've actually owned that camera myself a couple of years ago, but it's a great camera. I mean, it does exactly what, yeah. you know, what you're using it for really, really well. It's small, compact, but the sensor size is basically how big um, the image is being captured uh, without trying to get too technical. Yeah. The bigger the image, the bigger the sensor, the better the image quality overall oh, in most okay. cases. Okay. It also allows you to get that blurry background um, that a lot of folks are after in photography. That's really, really attractive where you have just the subject in focus and then everything else is, is blurred in the background. The bigger sensors allow you to do that um, versus some of the smaller ones. Okay. Also, battery life is a big thing too. So the smaller cameras are by nature going to have smaller batteries, so they may not be able to operate as long. So if you get into one like the Sony ZV-E10 or the one that I'm using, the Sony A7 IV, those have bigger batteries and have longer battery life. This is a this is such a wild world, right? <laughs> like there's so there's so much out there. A lot. And so can we let's dumb it down for the sake of myself and <laughs> and some of our listeners, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, because I want to make sure we give we give them good stuff for what they have, right? So if we're rocking an iPhone, we're not even going to talk about Android. We're not even doing that. If you're listening to this and you have an <laughs> Android, stop this episode right now. And go buy a real phone. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying. I'm not trying to start any wars. But James, uh, with with a with an iPhone, what are what are some of the the tips and tricks, like in the settings, the 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 best microphone? Like, what are some of the practical ways that we can maximize what what's already in our hand? Yep. Yep. Great question. I love this question. Um, Speaking to mostly iPhone users, but obviously if you have an Android, they're going to have some of these same settings. But with the cameras that are on these phones now, most of them shoot at least in 4K. Yeah. And by default, when you buy your phone, especially the iPhone, it the standard setting is 1080p, which is still really good. But one of the things that you can just automatically do right on your phone in your settings is go to your camera. Um, let me see if I can even pull this up. I'm going to do but it right wanna... now while we're talking. Perfect. Um, is in your camera settings. Yeah. Just under the camera settings in your iPhone, there should be a setting for record video and that should be set to 4k either at 24 frames per second or 30 frames per second. Okay. By 20, so 24 or 30, like what's the difference? The frames per second is the frame rate uh, for video. So typically, again, without getting too technical, 24 frames per second are traditionally what films like movies are shot in. Okay, There's a little bit more motion blur. And generally speaking, your kind of TV shows that run like your news programs, your sitcoms on TV, traditional TV, not like streaming and Netflix, those are at 30 frames per second. And so to the naked eye, you may not notice a difference, but when you pay closely attention, you put the two side by side, you can kind of tell just something is slightly different. But when it comes to creating content, 
either one of those is going to be fine. I typically shoot at 4K 30 for social media content. Okay. That's what I'm leaving mine on then since that's what you do. I will I will say that shooting at 4K, the quality is going to be much better, but it will take up more space sure. on your phone. That's just one of the trade-offs that you have. So and are there... De- oh, yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. And then depending on which iPhone you have, if you have one of the newer ones like the 14 or the 13, uh, what I like to use is a cinematic mode uh, on your phone. Yes. And the cinematic mode is is pretty crazy that came out with the iPhone 13 that just allows you to have a little bit more of that it's kind of a a pseudo cinematic feel but yeah. coming from your iPhone is it's crazy so um you can use a cinematic mode one thing that i like to adjust on that is if you swipe up so if you if you have it set to cinematic mode and then you swipe yep. up there's a little f over to the right Okay. And that that F stands for the F stop. That that's the aperture. Um so I usually like to set that at least at 8 or higher. Just what? to make it look so up. so it defaults at 2.8. 2.8. Which in traditional photography videography is a really good thing. Um but since there are some limitations with the cinematic mode, I like to increase that a little bit just to make it look a little bit more natural and what that's controlling is the the depth of field or that blurry background Mm. down at 2.8 it looks a you can kind of tell it's it's a little bit it's not perfect i'll just put it that way Um, but when you increase that aperture or the f-stop it makes it look a little bit more natural bro game changer (laughs) this is why we're doing this yeah so those this is really this is really making me be able to see the huge pimple on my nose better. So I appreciate you for uh, helping me with that. You're welcome, man. <laughs> uh, all right. So th- this is awesome. So what, what is there? Is there more inside of the settings? What, what else do we need to be aware of? I would, I would definitely, um, I would say that's, that's pretty much it. If you have that, okay. those two things on your, on your phone, that's gonna, that's gonna, improve your quality. But the thing that actually is going to improve your video quality even more than changing either of those two settings is actually the audio, the audio quality of your videos. And with video, 50% of the viewing experience is the audio. And if you have bad audio, folks are just not going to finish watching your video. I mean, we've all watched videos and we just can't get through it because we can't hear who's talking or there's this annoying sound in the background. And one of the ways that you can combat that is with either a microphone or just getting closer in general with with your phone. And depending on the type of videos that you're shooting, if you are away from your phone, you're physically far away from it, then I would highly recommend picking up a wireless microphone system that works with your phone. And with social media content continuing to evolve and just the demand yeah. for it, there's a lot of microphones that are coming out on the market. Um, and there's a couple that I can recommend for folks if they want to know more about that. And we we would like to know what those are right now. <laughs> uh, so the, the one that I use, I actually have two sets uh, just because I, I love this the set of wireless mics is the DJI mic, DJI. And if you've heard of that, 
that brand, they actually make drones. They're really popular yeah. with the drones, but they also created this wireless microphone system. And what I love about it for the iPhone and Android users, it works with both. Some okay. of the microphones in the past, you could only you had to pick, you had to choose which style you needed. So you whatever, uh, whichever one you bought was the one you had to keep. Um, but with the DJI mic system, it has adapters for both. And you can use it with a camera, a designated camera like the Sony ZV E10 or any other standard video camera um, that's out there. And with these microphones, they they charge like like AirPods or, you know, they have the case. You just drop them in there. They start charging. There's a really there's a lot of really cool features with those. And probably my favorite feature, I would say the most useful one is that it has two microphones that come with it. Oh, OK. So you have one receiver that's going to connect to your phone or your camera, whichever device you're using. But then you have two speakers that you can use. So if you and I are talking on a video, um, we're recording something, you can have a microphone and I can have a microphone and all of the audio is going into that that device at the same time. Wow. That's really yeah, so helpful. If you're, so, so like, real, like a lot of the realtors and lenders that I work with, they're interviewing a bunch of people. The, the, yes. They're doing anything with another human. Yes, that's going to naturally be the easiest way for them to collect great audio from two places. Of course, one hundred percent. Because the alternative, maybe you have one microphone and whoever's speaking, you know, they sound good, but then as soon as the other person that doesn't have a microphone starts speaking, then you can't hear it. Whereas if you have two people, then audio is going to be super crisp and clear throughout. So, the thing. James, on like on this DJ on the on the DJI. Can I use this on both my iPhone and on my Sony ZV-1? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's got it's got adapters for both. That's that's why I love that Dude, one. That's like, awesome. That's, that, <laughs> that's the one I'm going to use um, for as long as I can. But yes, that's it's okay. super versatile. Now, this one's not cheap. Right. No, it's, sir. it's 300 bucks. So you're you better you better be doing video if you're <laughs> investing in this is the is the second one that you like. Is it cheaper than this one? It is. I believe they just came out with a new version. Um, it's it's called the Road. Road. It's called Road. R O D E. They actually okay. have a couple of different models, and they have one that just came out within the past few weeks. And those are a little bit cheaper, and they do offer an option that has just one microphone. So. If you don't anticipate needing to record with two people, then uh, you could still pick that one up. I believe that one is maybe 200 or around there. Yep. Yep. You're right. 200. Okay. And I will say those are the two that I really like, but there are tons of options on Amazon. You just might have to kind of sift through some of those ratings and reviews and see which ones are, are really good that people like and have found a lot of success with. And those those could be some options too. And are you cool? Like, you know, part of the reason I like to bring guys like you on the podcast is because you're the expert of things that I will never be the expert of and have no desire to be the expert <laughs> of. So it, will it be cool for, for any of my listeners, if they've got questions about equipment that they can just reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. What's and the, let's even... do it right now in the middle of the episode. What's the, yeah. 
easiest way to to connect to you? Yeah, easiest way to connect with me is um, on Instagram. Um, M Mr. Lewis himself, M R underscore Lewis L E W I S himself on Instagram. Cool. And on my YouTube channel as well. Mr. Lewis himself. That's me. Bro, I wasn't even we weren't even we weren't even friends on Instagram, <laughs> dude. Now we are. We are now. <laughs> so I, I this was an easy transition because you just said it. Let's talk about YouTube for a minute. Why why are more people not just naturally investing in YouTube? That's a really good question. I think kind of my my understanding of YouTube and because I've, I've been a consumer of YouTube content for a long time. Yeah. And the way that YouTube is different than the other social media platforms, I think there's a larger barrier to entry, even though there's not. Um, you and I can create a YouTube channel just as quickly right now and start posting on it as we could an Instagram account or a Facebook account, even though it's a video platform. But I think just in people's minds, there's a larger barrier to entry. They need, they feel like they need to have all the right equipment. They need to know everything there is to know about video editing. And while YouTube has evolved and it's going to continue to evolve, I think people really are missing out on this opportunity to be on YouTube for and one of the main reasons why is because it's search-based. It's the second largest search engine only yeah. behind Google, which happens yep. to own YouTube. Yep. So I think there's a massive opportunity for folks who are uh, in business to be on YouTube because there's so many different benefits of having an online presence, especially with video and with YouTube being a search engine, folks can find you and that can generate leads for your business, for your personal brand. And um, I'm, I'm super bullish on YouTube. Uh, I tell, I tell some of my friends, if I had to, if I had to pick one social media platform or video platform, it's YouTube all day and twice on Sundays. Really? So, so then, so let's talk about somebody decides that they want to take YouTube seriously. Mm -hmm. We've got the long form content. Like there's always been on YouTube. We've got mm -hmm. YouTube Shorts now. Mm -hmm. In 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 your opinion, what's the ideal amount of content we should be posting on a on a weekly basis to grow on YouTube? I would say what's pretty standard is one long form video per week, and obviously you can do more. And there's creators who do more than that, and there's yeah. some who do less. Um, one of the biggest creators on YouTube right now, Mr. Beast, he posts, I believe, about once a month. So his the spacing in between his uploads are a lot bigger, but he's putting a lot of time, energy, and resources into that one video. Right. So a lot of it comes down to making a really good quality video. Um, how frequently can you do that with your schedule, with your business, all the different things. But if you can get to one video per week consistently, I think that's going to be a really solid best practice to follow. So James, as a, as a YouTube disciple, <laughs> you know, you, YouTube is the traditional way of doing video. TikTok shows up 
and and really flips video on its head. And now everyone is obsessed with short vertical video content. Are you liking the YouTube shorts aspect of YouTube? Is it robbing people from like the original experience of YouTube? Like how, how do you feel about, you know, short vertical video versus more, you know, horizontal long form style content? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's just an example of how things evolve. So one short form vertical content. I mean, they the way it's evolved is the cell phone companies started creating devices that are vertical and how we view them. And so naturally to create content that's formatted for that device, you have to create vertical content. And so that's just an evolution. And then you have TikTok and some of the other platforms that have come out and really made made a huge leap when it comes to the amount of content that's vertical. YouTube, and one of the reasons why I really, really am bullish on YouTube is because they're evolving as well. They understand that TikTok showed up on the scene, a lot of attention and viewership on the platform. So they had to pivot. And what's beautiful about YouTube is if you're already creating long form content and you implement a short form content strategy, it's going to yeah. naturally flow. The short form is going to naturally flow into your long form and it's already on the same platform. Right. Whereas TikTok is having to do basically start from scratch. And so I, I me personally, I love long, long form content. I mean, I do scroll and watch short form, but long form allows people to really get to know, like, and trust you in a way that short form, I don't think quite has, has made it there yet. Okay. So talk me through what's your tech stack when, when you're editing content for YouTube, what, what are all the apps you're using to, to do that? Yep. Um, I love Descript. Descript yeah. is... Sick, Are you familiar dude. with D? <laughs> yeah, bro. We well, well, you you know content compounding, my yes. company. We we just started editing a lot of our content in Descript for okay. content compounding. Awesome. Yeah. I was uh I was I I was I am aware I love the service and I was actually really curious to know what your guys' tech stack was. So maybe we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Um but my tech stack. Descript for talking head videos that allows me to get a really nice, clean, solid um, kind of sequence, if you will. Yeah. And then I will always export my videos into Final Cut Pro, uh, which is if you're not familiar with that, if you if you are familiar with iMovie, it's kind of just like the big brother to iMovie. Yeah. Also competes with Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, but I love Final Cut Pro. Very simple, easy to use. And that's pretty much it when it comes to. Okay editing um so there are times where I'll, no go ahead i was going to say there are times that i that i use CapCut. CapCut is really interesting because yeah. it's a free program that um is is also owned by the same parent company as is tiktok right and there's a lot of synergy there and there's some really powerful tools inside of CapCut for especially for a free app and that are easy to execute. Some of the edits and effects are easier to execute in than in something like Final Cut Pro or Adobe. Um, yeah, for someone who is just starting from scratch or doesn't have as much experience. Well, so for the from scratch person or the lack lack of experience person, who do you follow 
on any platform from like an educational perspective that that helps you continue to learn and grow in your expertise? That's a great question as well. Um, if if YouTube is my university or I, I attended YouTube University, some of my yeah. professors are going to be uh, Sean Cannell from um, yeah. Think Media. I've been watching him and and now his team and that whole yeah. brand just kind of explode. Um, that's probably so I day knew one. Sean. I knew Sean oh, really? back when we were both pastors. Really? Okay. And then I heard that he was quitting ministry to like do this like YouTube thing. And it was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> so it's wild, man. They're, they are unbelievable at, at what they do with Think Media. Their team is is really, really just their entire brand uh, is really exploded. And just a lot of the things that they've been doing are, are really, really cool and impressive. And some of the synergies and diff- I had no idea that, I mean, just hearing for the first time that you knew Sean, but um, some of the folks now that I also know of and know also he's connected with. So there's just a lot of yeah, uh, kind of interesting synergies with, with what they're doing. Um, but they really tackle the basics for people just getting into YouTube and yeah. understanding cameras and the settings. And so that's where I really cut my teeth when it, when it came to learning. Um, where are you creating your, uh, your thumbnails in Canva? Yeah. Of course Canva. you are. Canva <laughs> is another, it's the best man. It's, it totally disrupted the graphic design space in my opinion, uh, for, you know, however long I never learned how to use Photoshop. Uh, I mean, I could follow a couple tutorials here and there, sure. but it wasn't something I was spending a lot of time in. But then when Canva came on the scene, I'm like, man, this is so much simpler and, and easier to work with. And it still gets primarily the, the design that I'm looking for. Um, so I use Canva every single day. It. Okay. So I want I want to ask you a, a, a different question. So okay. you, you get to serve as the behind the scenes. Like you love creating content that's your content. But a lot of your work is from behind the camera for other people. Yes. So talk to me about, because you've shot for people that suck. You've shot for people that are incredible. And then Mm -hmm. a ton of people in between. Have you ever found yourself having to do a little bit of coaching? Like where you can tell that like they're uncomfortable or they keep messing up and they're frustrated like, what are some of the things that you've had to stop and just go, hey, can I can I give you a little bit of advice? <laughs> what kind of advice do you give to people in those moments? That's a great question. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had the gamut of folks um, when it comes to recording videos, and I've had to coach myself on some of these things, too. Sure, me too. <laughs> so a lot of times it just comes down to just slowing down, just like slowing down and breathing. Because even for myself, this is a good question for me to just kind of reflect on. But when I'm creating content, sometimes I don't actually take the time to breathe Mm. in between like my sentences and my words. I just need to calm down and slow down the pace. Yeah. Take a pause for dramatics if you need to. Um, And then it does 
it does depend on who you're working with. Some folks, they just need bullet points. Yeah. And they're like, okay, ready to rock. Let's do it. Let's record it. Other folks really do need the specific words in order to get out what needs to be said. And what I've learned kind of overall is that it's a muscle. And I can tell just by, I've, I've watched some of your interviews and obviously we've talked uh, offline, but I can tell you've been able to really work out that muscle and you have a certain cadence and a presence on the yeah. camera, on the microphone. I can tell 100% that that's something that you practice and it takes time. I For would only imagine- 20 years. <laughs> I could imagine, you know, some of the first, you know, messages, sermons or videos oh. that you created were, were not your best. I would imagine. So they're awful. <laughs> right. I don't, I, I probably haven't told you the story, but I, when I, when I finished preaching my first sermon ever, I think I was 20 years old, right? I'm 40 now. I ran to the other end of the church and hid in a black room. And I text my boss was like, I think I'm going to throw up. I'm feeling sick. And I wasn't sick at all. I was just embarrassed at how bad I thought it was. And so I faked a sickness to avoid having to see anybody after my first sermon. And, you know, here we are 20 minutes, 20 years later. So life, life is, uh, is, is funny that way. (laughs) It really is. One of the things that that Sean Cannell always says um, is that your your first videos will be your worst videos. Yeah, it's good. And you just have to get those out of the way. Get those out of the way as soon as you can, and then you'll start getting better over time. I love that advice, man. So here here's what I want to wrap up with. We we've already told people how to find you, Mister Lewis himself, <laughs> on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, any other places you want people to follow you at, at YouTube? It's, um, the name of my channel is James Lewis. And then I've got like the little slash there with a uh, create contently. Yeah. So that, that was going to be my final question okay. is because you, you have a shirt on that says create content, yeah. but yes. then you, then, you know, over here, you've got that you're, you've got the L Y. So create contently. What is that? And what does that mean? Great question. It's um, it's kind of a motto and, and kind of a message I I, I want to bring with creating my own content and for for folks that interact with with my content. So it is kind of a play on words, a play on punctuation. The first statement, if you will, is to create content. That's just the message. That's what we're yeah. after. That's what we're trying yep. to do. But also to create c- contently which means kind of going back to how we started the interview, just having that, that joy and that having fun while you're doing it. Um, that's one of the things that I love most about content, especially working with others, is that it's fun, it's enjoyable. And I always have to just remember to create contently, be happy while doing it. I love it, it bro. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that if I wouldn't have told people that this was your first podcast as a guest, <laughs> they wouldn't have believed it because you, you've absolutely crushed everything I have thrown your way. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> so I can't wait. I can't wait for, for people to get to hear this. The, the tech, the techie people that, that are into the settings and the equipment and like they're going to just geek out on this episode because there's so much goodness in it. And so James, 
man, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for coming on the show with me. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And hopefully I was able to provide some value to all your listeners. You absolutely did. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a really cool person with an even cooler story. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow and reach out to my guest. Also, please consider sharing and leaving a review wherever you consume this content because this is the world we live in and your review online for others to see is invaluable for the success of this show. And remember, you're amazing. Talk to you soon.